0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, Jason Maupin here and you are listening to the Elevate Industries podcast. This is a special episode because I am actually interviewing my first ever Elevate Industries podcast interviewee I guess, Um, whatever you will, (laughs) but first guest on the Elevate Industries podcast. Um, This podcast is meant to help people Um, That are dealing with mental health issues or you may not have mental health issues, but you just you know want to help people that do Um, But this podcast is out there for you for that today. I am is so stoked to have this guest with me. This lady is Just a fabulous woman. She is amazing Um, Amy Kersner. She is a psychotherapist specializing in trauma and she's based here in Milwaukee, um, out of Healing Corner. So, what an awesome privilege it is to have you on the show today, Amy. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, I am so stoked to have you on the on the show today. Um, you have a wealth of knowledge, and today, I mean, I'm going to have you on the on the show several times, but. Um, you know, if you if you if you agree to it, if this time goes well, <laughs> but um, you know, I want to have you on the show several times, but today specifically, we're going to be talking talking about a topic that a lot of people, you know, struggle with. I, I feel that that this is across the board. People deal with anxiety and fear at some point, some level. You know, I don't I don't know what it, what it might be from a past issue past trauma, might trigger something, but anxiety and fear is, is something that, you know, covers, I pretty much everybody, um, I I looked up fear, you know, in the dictionary not too long long ago, and it talked about, um, something that you've, is going to harm you, cause you physical pain, or harm you. Um, so how does that definition relate to what you do and fear how would you define fear in dealing with your patients
1: well first we have to understand um, there is such a thing it's it's a theory it is called the um, fetal programming theory okay so um, we have a flight or fight system that is built into our oldest part of our brain and it has been shown in in many studies now that there is a connection between the the environment and the mom's response to the environment while she's pregnant. Wow. That the baby um, is already sensing anxiety and having anxiety symptoms and symptoms of fear, symptoms of depression that they are preparing for when they come out into the environment, so that they're. Better to prepare for whatever it is that's causing the mother's anxiety and depression in womb. Wow. Yeah. So um, you know we're born with this ability to be fearful. And, you know back when we were part of the food chain, an active part of the food chain. You know that structure had an important job to keep us alive. But now in modern life, we don't have so many of those constant daily battles of, of fear and survival. So we, we generalize that to other things that are just not life-threatening. So some people do have anxiety that is you know, not based in, in actual fear or fear stimuli, but then there are those that are that unfortunately after they're born they are born into a violent um, environment and then we get into attachment theory right. right so the attachment theory there are you know four distinct types of attachment there's secure attachment with caregivers parents caregivers um, which result in um, secure autonomy when somebody grows up but when you have an anxious attachment or avoidant attachment or um, an attachment that goes unresolved that creates a lifelong t- um, presentation of anxiety and fear and depression well yeah
0: so when we deal when we have that trauma in our lives you know those things when we we have things that trigger certain the, that anxiety yes. or fear.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And then anxiety also, you know, that fear, those fear responses, which really is what anxiety is, right? It's the symptoms of our fear response from our flight or fight system. So um, we know that children who are born into environments like this, they are already feeling traumatized in womb. Wow so they're born into that fear Um, and then of course there's the attachment and and how children interpret the data that is coming in from their environment the interpretation and then how we make meaning out of it right how we look at our own worth and value in the world depends on that attachment and then how we interpret that as children
0: wow so everything the trauma that we're facing as as kids you know goes into our adult lives and we start looking looking at the world through this trauma that we have faced
1: absolutely and along with that attachment right that attachment the way we attach to our caregivers that really informs every social relationship that we will have throughout our lifetime if there isn't a um, if somebody doesn't seek help To change what we call, I'm a cognitive behavioral therapist primarily, so um, if we don't do something to change that schema, that that belief of our own worth and value to ourselves, to our families, to the world, if we don't resolve that attachment and that sense of self-worth, we'll go through our whole lives like this in that trauma state, repeating, repeating, repeating more and more trauma because we are again we are mimicking our social relationships throughout our lifetime with those that resemble the ones that we had with our primary caregivers
0: the, the importance of counseling oh my goodness man you just hit a hole we could talk about this for hours but you talked about the importance of counseling in that where if we don't deal with that wound with that trauma we end up passing this probably on to our kids to the trauma as well.
1: Absolutely. absolutely. You know, um, whether you're male or female, if you're, you're a female, you're passing it on, you know, through your own body to your child before they're even born. Wow. But um, as a male, if you are involving yourself in relationships that mimic the relationship you had with either of your parents or both. You tend to get into relationships that are just as detrimental to your well-being and your baby still feels that in utero and then they grow up into that mm-hmm. so yes it is very generational
0: Wow so what are some practical things that you can do for one listening to this podcast saying man I struggle with fear I struggle with anxiety I, I, I have maybe they did come from a home life that was Traumatic and had some trauma on them and they don't want to pass this on to their kids I mean obviously the first thing is get counseling deal with that
1: yes and get counseling with a specific type of therapist a therapist that actually deals with trauma I like that. a trauma-informed therapist for, pers- for persons that have gone through trauma is really important because we're trained a little bit differently than um, a a general psychotherapist, kind of like specializing in medicine, right? We we have our primary care physicians, but we also have oncologists and we have heart specialists and on and on and on and on. And that's what psychotherapy does as well. We we specialize in different areas of treatment. Um, There are several different treatments that can be used, um, EMDR, brain spotting, um, which I'm currently going to be training in, which I'm very excited about. Um, Explain
0: that for a second, brain spotting. From an outside perspective, when you hear psychotherapist. And someone going to see a psychotherapist automatically, that person that has no training goes, "Oh man, I must be psycho by going to see someone that's a psychotherapist," and that's just not the case. No,
1: psycho just the the psycho and psychotherapist just simply means you know psychotherapy, right? right? <laughs> the The psychology of exactly. our mental, mental yeah. health, and that's all it is. A therapist that's that is trauma informed is going to use specialized treatment to first create safety for the person who has been traumatized. That safety is what we're talking about is environmental safety, but we can't always achieve that. But what we do really need to focus on is internal safety, right? So we really go back to those higher executive functioning skills, our critical thinking ability. People who are traumatized are generally stuck on this worry loop right so if you look if you were to be able to see that in something familiar imagine a a road map okay that worry loop looks like a four-laned highway going in one direction there's a lot of entrances and very few exits off that right that Uh that's a yeah that those that's a you know those are neural connections that you're, create and, that.
0: and that's why where the spiraling out of control comes from when you start dealing with those anxious thoughts and you start spiraling yes, because, because you're on you're, that loop you're on that
1: <laughs> <laughs> loop you get stuck on that loop so it's just it's it's worry thoughts it's negative thinking it's judgments it's insecurities it's interpretations it's It's cognitive distortions, which are really important. Let's
0: talk about that for a second cognitive distortions.
1: So, cognitive distortions are the way in which we twist reality yep. to match that inner schema that belief about ourselves right so if we believe that we have very little worth in the world we have little value and the world is not safe and relationships are not safe then we will twist anything in our environment to match that idea so cognitive distortions kind of look like uh, emotional reasoning I fear, therefore, it is right well, if i 'm fearful, then you are dangerous, okay. right mind reading, which is huge that 's a huge one, you, sure? yep. you know uh, mind reading is we you know we walk around believing we know what other people are thinking, but really, all we know is what our fear thoughts are that we 're applying to other people, right. so these things really do interrupt. This ability to use our higher functionings, our critical thinking skills, to say, "Wait a minute, is that even true? Is mm. that accurate?" Mm. You know, so we call that evidence checking, uh, right? Yeah. We're creating a new neural pathway to our to our higher brain, our higher ability to think and process information.
0: So well, this we, this has been a game changer for me. I mean, the evidence checking in my life. You know, you guys know this on the podcast. I, I talk about my my trauma from my past, learning that I have I had PTSD about five years ago. Honestly just being in denial about it for a while and then going, Wow, I okay, I had this trauma and I'm applying it to my life, but learning how to have learning that these cognitive distortions come to me and then learning how to evidence check that. Like, okay, for me it's am I safe? am I safe right now and I have to ask that question when I fear when I when I feel that fear rising up within me when I feel that anxiety rising up within me I have to ask that question am I safe for somebody else it could be you know something else but that's particularly for me am I safe right now and then I can you know go through that process that you're talking about I love that keep
1: yeah so I think one of the most important things to understand about evidence checking and processing use using that higher brain connection you know when you're using that higher brain connection you're connecting to the same structure where your fight or fight system lives right that structure is awake 24 7 hours a day every day through your out your entire lifetime it is scanning your environment all the time it has memories and, and, and concrete things that of, of your whole life and things that happen in the environment that you don't even remember. So we all know that little voice that we hear in our head. It, we know it's part of us, but sure. it's kind of not part of us. It's really hard to explain. When you're evidence-checking, you are listening for that response and not thinking about what the response should be because if you get back on that worry loop, Then you're back into all of that destructive thinking.
0: That is so good what you just said. Listening for that response. Because I feel like we live in a world where it's so noisy. It's so loud. And we don't take the time to listen for that response that we're asking ourselves you know and we can stay in the worry loop
1: we stay in that worry loop we are constantly in that worry loop which is why it's a four-lane highway right Right. because we are constantly in that and and but when we're making judgments out of that we're not making judgments about the reality of a situation right so what we're making judgments about is the fear and the worry instead And unfortunately, that's not steeped in in reality at all. We've got to get back to a part of ourselves where we can trust our flight or fight systems. That when it warns us, that we know that we are in danger, mm-hmm. and you know, and to be able to trust that. Yep. When we get in that connection from into our to our higher brain, we are learning how to trust that. That structure we're learning how to trust that we do have the ability to see reality and make better functioning decisions
0: so you know you used to in psychology they would talk about you know if you're if you're feeling one way about yourself or if you're feeling anxious you'd like combat it with "Oh, I'm not feeling anxious or whatever and right. you, you end up becoming almost you almost feel schizophrenic by, by saying that but then you started you explain how that subconscious can't lie. It's like a computer. Right.
1: It's like a computer. It's like putting something into Google. So because the the fact is is that there is no emotional connection to that part of your thinking. Okay. So all of that cognitive stuff where all that the negative stuff lays, that is directly connected to your emotions. So you think a thought, feel the emotion in your body, right? And then it, it, it just bounces back and forth, back and forth, and you, you, that's where you spin out of control. This part of your brain is not attached to your emotions or your judgments or your insecurities. None of that lives there. It's just concrete evidence. It's, it's knowledge that we have that is free from all of that which makes it something that you can actually believe and trust and know that you know that's your wisdom in mindfulness we call it wise mind right so that is your wise mind that is where everything is balanced and the information you're getting is true and concrete so when you learn how to trust that response you are able then in any situation to stop evidence check ask yourself things like am i safe what am I predicting here? Is that true? What evidence do I have that makes that true? Wow. And when you start doing that process, you are creating a new a new neural pathway to your higher brain and getting off of that worry
0: loop. Wow. That is absolutely amazing. There's so much knowledge in this that you have and it just blows my mind i was mean, you know if you if you think about the um the riddler back in the batman movie where he would like download someone someone's brain i wish i could download everything that you've ever learned <laughs> from all this because it is it is it just blows my mind it really does you know that we are we are such incredible human beings man everybody we you are. know we we have this power to reconstruct the way we're thinking and so many of us when we're in that worry loop and having those anxious thoughts we feel powerless
1: that's oh, absolutely correct. We feel powerless because you're stuck on something that you can't control. You just continue to buy into it. That is the, all those entrances onto that system, right? right? You're just buying in, buying in, believing, and you know, seemingly this. You can get to a point where you're just so despondent that you just don't believe that life has any meaning anymore.
0: Wow, well, and that, that's that's honestly the saddest part of my job, and most probably your job yes. as well is when is when people get so discouraged and defeated in their brains that they just feel that there's there's one way out and that's you know this this end result of taking one's life um i was contacted this past week by a school in minnesota where there has been six suicides six suicides and and within like the last i think year And the latest one was an eighth grade student. And I'm going, man, how does one, you know, I I remember living in depression as a kid. I remember living in those fearful moments. I I can close my eyes and, and literally go back to those moments where you do feel anxious and afraid. But what does one do when they feel like they're on that worry loop? How do they, you know, and they feel like there's no hope in that. What are some ways they can just reach out for help
1: Well, you know, exactly. There are suicide hotlines that can be called, um, you know, going to even just to your primary care doctor and saying, hey, I'm, I'm having some emotional struggles. Can you recommend somebody for me? Right? Telling a parent, telling somebody who's close to you, I need help. You know, reaching out. But first, before you can do any of that, you have to acknowledge that, you know, we spend our lives trying to gain control control of everything and everyone That is
0: so us. true we're all control freaks
1: we are <laughs> but if we could just pull that back a little and remember that we only have control over two things in this world and that is our second thought because the first is always automatic and the behavior that we choose that follows mm. when we're evidence checking when we really look in and, and may ask those honest questions uh, and then able to untwist that reality so that we can see the reality of the situation, there's that pause. There's that pause you need, that heartbeat you need in that moment to to acknowledge that this not might not be as bad as I believe it is
0: right and that and it's I'm telling you guys this is a absolute game changer it sounds like oh well that's just you know this this is tried and true folks I am living proof I have evidence checked things that in times where I have felt that fight or flight and I'm a fight person <laughs> I always have been so when I feel that rising up within me I'm like wait a second is this is this a, a distortion you know, or is this reality, and I have to define that and it and i I have really referred to this as think instead of reacting like I used to be able to just react, and that that was my past as well, and the people that you know caused this trauma to my life they were reactors and instead of reacting, I become a responder where I think. I pray I plan respond or you can meditate or whatever it may be but you can just have that pause where you're able to rethink how what you're feeling and those emotions and not just be a reactor where you react at that person that that you feel is causing you this you know sometimes it's usually the people that you love the most you know that we hurt right
1: right and it's really about becoming proactive instead of reactive and and I think that proactive is always the best policy listen things are things do happen and negative things do happen to us and we have to be able to differentiate between the things that we twist and the things that are really there because there are predators in the world and that is that's a sad fact but it is a fact of our existence and we have to be able to trust ourselves to know the difference between someone who is good and someone who means us harm and unfortunately when you have these negative schemas about yourself you you, people tend to recreate those initial re- relationships they'll say you know it's like i'm i'm in a relationship with the same person over and over and over again i can't get out of that that but, but that's because they're choosing over and over and over again they're trying to they're trying to rectify the things that happen but what's really happening is that they are they're repeating repeating and repeating those same patterns over and over again
0: Wow, this stuff is gold, and Amy's going to be, hopefully, Amy's going to be, she'll she'll come back and be a guest with us on the Elevate Industries podcast. We always try to keep these to about 25 minutes, and we're coming up on that 25 mark. But what has been spoken in this podcast has been absolute gold. And just to give you, like, the environment that I'm in right now, so I came up here, talk about we're talking about anxiety and fear, I came up here, in an anxious mess... To meet with Amy to record her, you know, was just, she's my first guest on my podcast, and I'm, like, trying to make this right. I cannot get into my office. I cannot even get into the building of where my office is because I forgot my keys, like a, a numbskull here. But um, so we're in my car recording this, but it's a sunny day. It's a sunny day in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and it is 48 degrees outside, okay? So I'm accepting this, and sometimes in life, guys, you just got to roll with the punches that come you know i heard a friend one time he told me he said jason it's not how well you can fight it's how well you can take a hit and a lot of you out there you've taken a lot of hits okay and i'm sorry for that i really am because you might be going through it you might be really going through it right now but i want to let you know there's hope there is always hope okay don't throw in the towel don't give up we believe in you okay amy for everybody that's on my podcast i'm a big movie guy okay so i'm always asking everybody that's on my podcast that i have on a guest what's your favorite movie
1: pride and prejudice
0: oh my goodness okay pulling out the old school i love it i love it the classics that's amazing okay also favorite song
1: oh boy that one's more difficult um anything by jewel
0: Ooh, Jewel, coming from nothing on the streets of Alaska yeah. in poverty, and this woman fights it. And, you know, that that, that totally resonates with the person you are. Amy Kersner. everybody. This lady is pure gold, pure knowledge. Thank you so much for being on the Elevate Industries podcast.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for having me.